the babe around town in Savannah, Georgia, who kissed Santa Claus, if I'm not mistaken. Well, this is Gus with the three famous guys, and with me tonight are Jim and Mark, the other two famous guys, so say hello, fellas. Hello, everyone. All right, and our guest tonight is Ara from Savannah, Georgia, the babe around town, and the Santa Claus kisser. So I think, actually, if I saw that right, Santa Claus kissed you when you were just posing for a picture. Is that how that happened? Well, I went to kiss his cheek and not actually touch him and he turned to kiss me back (laughs) so were any phone numbers exchanged we just want to know his heart or well of course i don't blame him i mean why not right gotta you gotta go for it i'm not mad at any of them that shoot their shot so he didn't ask no no <laughs> and then he but he did ask me for the photo and I said, oh, "Okay, well what's your phone number?" And he said, "The North Pole." There were kids <laughs> everywhere. I was like, "Oh shoot. I'm sorry." <laughs> That's good. So, my daughter's a sophomore in college and I still tell her Santa's real. So, yeah, said, he looked like a biker too. Yes. That was my nice third one going. this week. There was yeah. a a Santa, regular Santa, and he brought Mrs. Claus, his wife. They were terrific for a children's event. And then the next Santa was a, a, a classy Santa from, and he was at one of the restaurants downtown as a at a fundraiser. And so, and then this Santa was at the Tanger Outlets. Yes. That one right there. The, yeah. But oh, I like yeah. that they have a two-seater. So the chair, you could fit two people. The other Santas, like, you had to sit on their lap. Uh, yeah, but I didn't do that either. <laughs> Good thinking. Oh, yeah. well, well, the first one I did. But then I, I would, the second one, I didn't want to sit on his lap. But so our, the third one, we almost made up. You are on the show because uh, you have... A little bit of a story to tell. I mean, a lot of people have stories to tell, but you were raised in a small Kentucky town from what uh, you tell us. So, yes, give it, the smallest, the smallest county in Kentucky. Smallest county the in smallest. Kentucky. So, and you moved 10 times by the eighth grade. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, why all the My moves? Parents, we just moved around. Um, different jobs uh my parents took i don't know about that <laughs> so well you know, and and that's I fine i don't want to it had to be say. tough it had to be tough in school though it was tough in school the whole that each class had like 25 students in it and it was all in one building first grade through 12th grade was in one building and i wanted to play softball uh, and there wasn't enough girls in the seventh grade. There wasn't enough girls to fill the team. So my mom worked in the next county over, and I asked, I was like, can we move so I could play sports? And we did, and we literally moved right across the county line, still way out in the country. I had to ride the bus for hours each way. Um, and 
but it, I was happy because I immediately started playing softball um, when I moved in the middle of my eighth grade year. Gotcha. And then uh, so you finished school. How difficult was it in school, especially high school? So it's, for, for, go ahead. For me, I like to go and do. I like to play sports. To sit at a desk and concentrate just is not my jam. And so I always want to just go and do. So I did enough to get by. I mean, but I didn't apply myself really. Um, I, I, I did in sports. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a su- super jock, <laughs> uh, played soccer, softball. I tried basketball, but I was a little bit short and I couldn't dribble. So, and then <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's very important. <laughs> yes, but yeah, soccer I never even heard of, um, until I moved to the, um, the new school and I tried out in the 10th grade and I made the team and I started every game. And I made all district team my very first year, not knowing how to play really. Wow. I just hus- hustled. So did you get to did spend all four years in answer, the same high school? Go ahead. Hard. I'm sorry, Mark. I, I over you. Go ahead, Mark. No, I just I just asked, did you uh, make friends easy or was that hard or I I can always make friends, but I like all talk all walks of life type friends. I never I don't get into cliques or anything. I played sports. I hung out with those girls, but I also like am from the country, you know. Um, and so it was just all walks of life um, with friends, but it was different. I went to an all white school um, growing up. And then when I moved, it was half and half with white and black. And six years prior to me moving, they had just desegregated the schools. And so it was still kind of like turmoil. There was lots of fights uh, still going on. That's down in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It, and and you don't look past 25, so I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all the water I drink. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, that was a little bit different. Um, I I can't lie. You know, my grandparents and are kind of racist and, you know, and then moving to a school and it's like, you can't be friends with them. And it's like, well, why can't I? You know, I mean, they're just people just like we are. So um, getting through that was a little bit crazy. But my parents aren't like that. It was just my, you know, my grandparents and different way of life and um sure so that that was different but i just i didn't get in too much trouble in school i wasn't i just wanted to play sports sure hey what's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you how down to earth i am Mm -hmm. Uh, social media i causes people they think i'm pretentious or they think that beauty makes you a bitch or, Oblivious. you know, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, the other day someone said, you're a genuinely good person, down to earth person who's accidentally stupid hot. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a good way to explain it. 
Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that is good. Like, and so I think that people think I'm something. And then when they meet me, it's just like, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> right. But, well, at least, uh, so I remember being put in the uh, broom closet in kindergarten for getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what I could have done to be put in the broom closet. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, wouldn't you go to jail for that today? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Definitely. back then I'm pretty I, sure I, I had paddled. Yeah. Oh, I got paddled too. Yeah. I spent at yeah, least two, three paddled. times in a broom closet and that was as a kindergartner. And I honestly don't know what I did. It could have been that bad, but uh, times have changed. I could I mean, imagine. What's that? I could imagine, Gus. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I actually got accused of uh, trying to burn down the uh, elementary school, which I didn't do. Um, don't know who did it, but uh, yeah, the principal, for some reason, had his, had his focus on me. So I don't know, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but I swear to God, I thought I was pretty good as a kid. But uh, yeah, it's amazing, you know, how uh, you're talking about your grandpa, your grandparents being racist, Um, you know, times have changed and just the times that they grew up in, and, you know, it's just such a different world we live in today. It is. And my parents were raised in that atmosphere, you know, but then turn out completely different Um, and then raised my brother and I, you know, with none of that nonsense. So, right. Mm-hmm. So you you got out of so our, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, once you tell us about your college years, that's where I was going to. Okay. Uh, I went to I went to Moorhead State, which is like an hour down the road. Oh no, actually, my apologies. I start off at the community college, and my first semester, I flunked out because I just didn't go. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I was like, I I had a hard time in high school. I'm like, this shit's even harder. What was I thinking, you know? And then, um, so I flunked out and I got a job on third shift at this place called Federal Mogul. And they, they package automotive parts and you send them out. So I remember these, these bearings um, and how your hands would, crack and you put these bearings in the box on a production line third shift and it was miserable and i was like there's no way did you do that for oh not long couple months i was 19 years old man and i was like there's no way that i want to go down this life my my mom she worked at jockey and sewed underwear for 16 years now she's 60 years old and can barely walk and was Mm. like, you know, but at that time, like, you know, growing up on a farm in Kentucky, it's a hard life. Right. Everything is so hard. And I think that's why we moved a lot too is, you know, my dad was a high school dropout. My mom got pregnant when she was 16. So the odds were like, you know, against Mm -hmm. them, but they prevailed. was Federal Mogul your first job then? Or? Uh, no, I worked at a, it's called um, Lee's Famous Recipe. It's a chicken house. Huh, okay. I worked there uh, at 16. Well, 
technically working on a farm is my first job in a tobacco mm-hmm. farm. I, I drove mm-hmm. the tractor for when, and I would set tobacco, things I could do, and I would make money. I remember sixth grade, I did play basketball, and they and we had to buy our own shoes, and they were Nike, and they were like $100, and mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get those shoes. And I went out and asked the farmer that we lived on at the time if what I could do, and, and he put me to work, and I made money and bought my pair of shoes. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I worked at a chicken house, and then um, this lady who owned the, one of the local banks, she came in, and she was like, honey, you don't need to be here. Come work for me. And I went and worked for her at the Bank of Maysville in the Kroger for the rest of my high school. Um, and then I went to Federal Mogul, the oh, third gotcha. shift. Sure. Yeah. And then, so I did it. Two years at the community college, um, I did. I went back. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to work in a factory and I want something different. And how, how would your parents, how, how would your parents describe you? <laughs> Hard headed. <laughs> Won't listen. Uh, you know, that's a good Typical question. Typical scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah, but my whole life, apparently, because when I was real little, my mom wanted to put dresses on me, and I wasn't having it. Well, that's funny, because my mom put dresses on me as a kid. I, I don't. They've got pictures, which are really embarrassing. I don't know what was going through their mind when they did that. I think they just thought it'd be cute. Pretty boy. Yeah, well, that's, you know, actually, I have a mug that my family got me that says pretty boy on it, so... Yeah, I'm the guy. Even with even with a little little bit of hair I have, has a brush with me pretty much everywhere I go. So, yeah, getting thin up there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so you did college? Did you did you graduate uh, all four years or just uh, the two? The I went two years to the community college, and then I went to Moorhead State, which was about an hour east of Maysville. And I so at the time. Uh, I worked at, I would do summer camps with with kids who were poverty or um, bad, I guess. Um, and then I was in a big sister program. So I had two kids that I would take and go do stuff. Uh, and I became involved in working with people with disabilities, adults. Cool. In the, it's called a group, you know, they live in a group home type setting. And I would work there. Um, so when I went to college, I worked full time at this group home with three male adults and I could stay there at night. Um, and then I could go to school during the day. And then I also worked in the housing office to get, uh, assisted living so I could live on campus for a reduced rate if I worked in the office. Yeah. Very good. So it so it took me five years, and I got a degree in recreation. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> uh, a degree in recreation will make sense as we go on in our story a little bit. That'll right. come. That'll kind of yeah. come into play. Yeah. Well, listen, I took the easy route. Um, two of my friends, they were doing it too, and you know, we I, we went camping. I did um, sports. I did. Um, officiating, like I did all kinds of cool stuff. And then um, that was actually the last year they had that program. (laughs) They took it away after that. But um, 
I did my internship at a YWCA in Lexington, Kentucky uh, at the summer camp. And I went in as an internship. And then two weeks later, they hired me on as a counselor. And then in the middle of it, the assistant director ended up quitting in the middle of the summer. She ended up quitting and they offered me the job and I took it. And so then I ended up staying on and ran their after school program. Um, but then I I didn't enjoy it. And by this time I had I had met what is now my ex-husband. So I ended up leaving Lexington and went back to Moorhead because that's where I met him. And then then became got with him like full time, I guess. <laughs> so you got married and How'd that work? Yeah, a few few years later, we we get married, and um, we didn't go on a honeymoon. We didn't go on vacation. Um, he, you know, he worked and he fished, and that was about it. And I I don't want to say anything bad because I yeah. mean he was a great he's a great guy. He he really is. But I think I married opposite kind of of I I I looked for that stability and that security. Um, and and then seven years in, we were together for 10, married for seven, and I played travel softball with a women's team just to have something to do. Um, and finally, I was just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And it took me like a year to, to just, because mm-hmm. it was terrible. I felt like a failure that I was giving up, that I didn't know what to do. And and, you know, he was like, I'm still the same person. And I'm like, oh, my God, it makes me feel, you know, like I, I'm a crappy about selfish, I guess, wanting wanting something more. And then the divorce, we just had one lawyer. It was we didn't fight and he kept the house and basically all the stuff because it was in that moment 10 years ago that I basically became kind of a nomad and I don't own possessions or, I mean, I have clothes and my personal items, but that's it. Um, I've never really collected anything or um, I don't know. So I came to Tybee on vacation with two of my girlfriends and they didn't, they were super pale. So they didn't, they didn't want to lay on the beach or anything. They wanted to go do the stuff and, I was a hot mess. I just laid on the beach every day and was like, okay, now what? Now what? And then I was like, you know what? I want to move. I've always been drawn to the water and that kind of lifestyle, like the, you know, just the laid back. um, Not, it's not so much rat racy, I guess, or keep, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. It's living on an Island. Um, so I moved within two months, but I took uh, my parents and my brother. They moved with me. Um, Very nice. They were how they you, were ready for a talk, change. How would you talk them into that? It wasn't there, very hard. There wasn't any talking. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. He's eight years younger than me, so he's early twenties, and he was a he's a firefighter. So he had already was was going through that and becoming a par- No, he was a paramedic at, at the time. So he could get a job easy. My mom, yeah. by this time, she's got her master's degree in compliance and ethics. So she got a job down here at the hospital. Um, and my dad, he's on disability. 
Uh, he, he had a heart attack at 44 oh. and lost basically half his heart. Um, wow. So he's on his third defibrillator. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, we moved within two months. And by so this they time, sold everything that they had yeah. over there. Yeah, wow. we looked like the Clampets moving to, to <laughs> Georgia. Uh, and we laughed because my brother has this Chevrolet. And then we're pulling a U-Haul with my Jeep that I had just bought, this 97 Jeep Wrangler that I used some money and bought because my ex-husband, like, I never could get one. So that was the first thing I got. So was a was a Jeep. I always wanted it. And living on an island, it was perfect. But and then I had a motorcycle too, and my brother had a motorcycle. Um, so here we moved down here with two dogs. I had a pug, my brother had a husky, and my parents. And you know, I it was terrible like going through that, but it I'll never forget it. Like, you know, we got to be together again as adults and right. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um and so it was, we did lots of stuff together. Um, but at this time, I started to drink a lot um, and uh, just move into a, you know, an island where everything's a party. And and I I didn't know that I was pretty until I moved down here when everyone's like, whoa, you're pretty. And I'm like, me? I didn't wear makeup. I wore shorts and T-shirts. Like, um, I, you know didn't even know so then it was kind of overwhelming but about two years of that um my mom it was like you probably change your life you know pretty soon and and then I did I stopped drinking um but then that's when I met somebody else like three years later I met someone and he did all the right things took me I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, all of it. Um, the lifestyle. He he had money, and but he was fun, and but we had a fun time at at first, and then he he ended up like a probably a year later. He talks me into going on the road with him, uh, and so I take off for the other side of the country in Washington State. And I'm out there, and I don't know. Things start going bad after that. Uh, lots of anger, lots of like walking on eggshells for me, kind of miserable, and stuff happening here and there um, until finally one day he lost his mind and tried to beat me up, you know? So it took me like three days to get away. So then I end up moving back to Kentucky. Um, and then my brother, everybody ended up going back to Kentucky too. My brother didn't like it. He likes that country lifestyle. But then he ended up meeting someone and they have a family. So I ended up going back to Kentucky to kind of get away. And I hated it. It was winter time. I was used to being down in Georgia and it was just miserable. Um, but I ended up getting on with this temp service, uh, like working these different events around Lexington and Cincinnati. 
And my first weekend was the, it was called the Red, White, and Boom. I got to meet Blake Shelton, um, this concert. And then, and then they promoted me to supervisor. Um, And so I got to go to all these like cool events um, with this temp service with these people. And they have an office in Nashville. And so they asked me and another girl to go down to Nashville and run that office because the guy down there, he, he ended up getting arrested um, because <laughs> Nashville uh, Nashville will will make you or break you, I guess. Um, he couldn't handle it, so we ended up going down. But I only lasted three months there myself. Um, I started to see myself. I started to drink again, and I got I got roofied um, on a first date. And so I was like, you know what? This is not the place for me. I've already been down this road. I'm not going down it again. Uh, So I ended up going back to Savannah and lasted there about six months, um, just doing odd jobs like this neighborhood that I was in or that I'm in right now. I would just, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Mm -hmm. Laundry, dog sitting. Can you organize my garage, my closet? take off donations, watch my kids, um, everything. I took every job I could um, just to make my own schedule and be my own boss. And one of my jobs, it's ironic enough, um, Maggie, the great Dane I'm watching now, um, this guy called me and said, I'm going to St. Croix to work for a couple months, and I'm going to take my my great Dane with me. And she's same coloring and everything. And um, so he hired me. He got a rental car and we drove to Miami with this great Dane. And then he bought her a seat. She was a service dog. So he bought three seats on a plane. And we went to St. Croix with her sitting in the middle. And I was supposed to be there for five days. And I stayed there for six months. And I ran a restaurant. (laughs) You, you mentioned in your bio that you got rescued by the Coast Guard. You, during this relationship, you were in a boat crash or something. Uh, really, all I want to know is what's it like to be rescued by the Coast Guard? What, what was that? What happened? What, was it, what did it entail? Oh, that was scary. So we're in the Puget Sound. You know, it's cold. Like it's, and so apparently, and there is GPS, but if you don't know what you're doing or looking at, so there was these two marks. There was these peaks under the water, and we hit one of them, and it put a hole in the bottom of the boat, and so it immediately started taking on water. It was this 32-foot sea ray, I think it was. You know, like you could sleep on it. That's a big-ass boat. And then so gets on the radio. I get on the uh, my cell phone, and I call 911. And by this time, I'm already, you have to get on the front of the boat. Um, It's already taken on water like fast. So I call and ask for our location and, you know, we do that. So the fire department ends up coming first and then the Coast Guard show up and they were able to float the boat so it didn't sink. And we got to, we went back to the land. Oh, it was scary. Uh, 
Was it dark I mean, or was it in the day? No, but it almost was. It was dusk. It was mm. at night. Um, yeah. And it was, it's, I've had many of these moments <laughs> where like, I'm like, oh, if only I would have listened to my mama. I, I do. I was in a place. I was in a spot that I I shouldn't have never been. I sh- but <laughs> you came back from uh, Saint Croix, and you. Uh, so Nicole is who you moved in with. Yeah. So I met Nicole during when I was with the guy, um, the guy that I traveled with. He. He bought lots of houses, cars, boats. Um, so he bought a house in Savannah to have as like a home base, and he used her as the realtor. And so I met her through him, actually. And she she could kind of see things that was happening. And so she didn't like come out and say, "What are you doing?" But she'd be like, "Hey." you okay? Hey, you need anything? Like, hey, you know that it's not supposed to be like that, you know? And we ended up walking, like, every morning we go to walk. She has three kids, and at the time, she ends up kind of not going through similar situation, but um, actually, you can't put this on there. Uh, He's a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, we just became friends and and then she ends up getting a divorce and I'm, you know, nowhere I didn't know where I was going, so I I stayed with her a little bit before moving back to Kentucky and then when I came back, um you know, I ended up moving in with her and then while I still traveled cuz at this time I was uh, just going everywhere I wanted to. At you know, I would take whatever jobs. And then right. that's how I got to St. Croix. And then six months there, I was, had, I felt trapped on the island. And I didn't, I didn't like being so far away from my family in Kentucky. And so I moved back to Savannah. Um, what do you do when you were on the, in St. Croix? So the guy that I went with, he had a friend down there who owned a restaurant. And so that's who we stayed with. And he had just opened the restaurant and it had been open a year. And so like, I was like, I never want to leave. And he was like, well, you have to get a job. And I was like, no problem. Um, <laughs> so I actually got a job at a sushi place. We got, I got there on a Sunday by Wednesday. I had a job oh, wow. at the sushi place. and. Uh, it was a little bit different. I didn't feel safe or it was just creepy vibes. And so the, the restaurant owner that I was staying with, he, he was like, so what did you think? And I'm like, no, I don't like it. And he said, well, I have an idea. If you're serious about staying, he said, I'd like to travel some and I need someone to stay here and run the restaurant while I go. He's like, I can train you. He had a truck I could use, which you drive on the opposite <laughs> side. That was scary as hell. I almost, ugh, I almost got in trouble a few times with that, but I ended up getting out. But so, but St. Croix or the restaurant, he had an apartment above the restaurant. So 
I didn't have to go anywhere or, you know, um, and it was safe there. Like, so it came with an apartment. It came with a truck. Pretty good deal. I mean, yeah. And I ran the restaurant, this little five-star restaurant. Um, so so funny because I, all I took was these like little, you know, Island dresses with me and like, the owner, he was like, all you brought was dresses. Like you almost like you, you knew you were going to get this job. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> nice. I never wore dresses hardly ever until down there. And it was, but it was, it was really nice just to, Very cool. but, but also too, you know, working in a restaurant, um, it, it was every day. And then I found myself, I wasn't getting to do anything I wanted to do. And I'm like, the hell with this. Um, I don't want to run a restaurant forever. Um, and I don't want to keep like, not keep traveling. Like St. Croix wasn't my in, you know, people mm-hmm. here in Kentucky, they're like, how could you leave paradise? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that, that's not, that's not paradise. Yes, it's pretty and it's great, but that's not my paradise. Um, and also too, it's hard down there to live. I mean, it's, St. Croix is different. It's not, I mean, it's almost third world-ish kind of like it, it's hard to get anything. Things are expensive. You don't have air conditioning in a lot of the places. The place I stayed at, it didn't have a hot water heater. So I took cold showers. Well, um, mm-hmm. So you, you're, and, you're much more of an adventure kind of person. You're, you're out yeah. looking. So yeah. you left St. Croix. Let's get back uh, stateside again. Moved in with Nicole, so we'll move ahead just a little bit. And then another person moved in, correct? Another lady? Mm-hmm. Chris. Well, when COVID hit is when Chris moved in. Right. So three of you is together. So six months later is when all that went down. Okay. So co- then... COVID hits, COVID hits, three adventurous blondes and you're not about to be secluded and quarantined in your house so what do you do way (laughs) so chris talks about getting an rv like you could rent one because you couldn't travel and or i mean you couldn't fly on a plane or anything so she said let's rent an rv and let's just take it out west and nicole's like let's just buy one um and let's just making an adventure and she started right then this was this was a tuesday night we were talking about it and the very next day we actually went to south carolina and looked at rvs like looked at them and then we started asking like the public the facebook by this time she'd already created a facebook page and like started asking people like what kind of camper should we get like because we weren't going to get a CDL, so we knew nothing. And then two weeks later, we drive to Myrtle Beach, and she, and she buys a 31-foot Mini Winnie. So this is the start of Glamping Adventures on YouTube, correct? Yes, right. yes. And so you yeah, guys no, buy this dude. thing, and you go camping the same night. Yep, we we pick it up, and mind you, we have Nicole's three kids with us. <laughs> so, wow! And there's two boys and a girl. Um, 
And how old were they? Oh, like 12, 10, and four, five. Oh, wow. Okay. Little girl. But they're, they're just, they're such great kids that they just, they just go. Um, their dad has an RV, so they're kind of used to it um, mm. already. So, but so yeah, we pick up the from Camping World. We pick up the Mini Winnie and we drive straight to the beach at Myrtle Beach, and we, and we stay the night. <clears throat> and we have no idea because, as I referred to earlier, I have a hard time paying attention. So I recorded this the salesman like when he went through everything. I recorded everything. So while we're like parked, I'm going through these videos like, okay, what do I do now? So okay. then that takes us to the the dumping station, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he in your yeah. in your white jeans and flip flops. Yeah, I'm in a nice shirt. I'm in white jeans and flip flops. Um because at this time I we didn't. I didn't know that that was going to be my duty, right? Or like, um, we all had our own duties, and I ended up being the engineer, the of the mini Winnie. Like, I'm the one that would take her to get service. You got the I, degree. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I the degree right from degree. hard knocks. <laughs> that's like you you got to you got to learn how to do stuff. I mean, that's just. You know. Get your hands dirty. So you Absolutely. didn't have a video for that part when you were in your white jeans and. Oh yeah, she oh, wasn't gonna miss an opportunity. Nicole loved to film everything. That's one that you <clears throat> mean the right thing. Like she was so great about getting it all on video, and it was it was pretty hilarious. So everyone had comments about the white pants but then you know and then the next time uh i think i i had on like no shoes no gloves so by then by the end of it i had gloves i had muck boots you know all the stuff rubber apron yeah no by that time i had it down i mean so you guys go on this long trip right away Pretty much. Yeah. So we plan, yeah, with one month advance notice, or uh, we we decide we're going to go to Colorado and back. So with one month to prepare. Oh, so the day we drive it, the next day we drive back to Savannah, the service engine light comes on. And it stayed on the whole time. We couldn't figure it out. But I mean, the batteries, like the slide wouldn't come out. The emergency brake light would be on and it would beep even though it wasn't on. Like it was, it was, I'm surprised we made it. We made it to Colorado and back 10 days, 4,000 4, some miles um, with no mishaps. <laughs> well, see, the, the, and this is where, uh, we first were, or I was first introduced to you. And then I told Jim, Jim and I were actually, well, and Mark, I'm sorry, all three of us, we're going to start a YouTube channel called Adventures Impossible. And I happened to see you guys on YouTube, and this is when you were just starting out. So I kind of followed your mishaps and all the problems you had with, uh, with the RV, because I wanted to see um, 
you know, what made people subscribe to different YouTube channels. And so you were kind of research is what you were. So I kind of followed you all the way, you know, through that. And you guys did this for about a year. You had a film crew, not many new YouTubers get out there with a film crew. Because you guys had a yeah, film crew. The three of us together was such a, I feel like, a, a force. Like, it was nothing that's going to hold us back um, because we had the determination and, like, the grit and and money. So, I mean, when you put all those together and, and you make a team and a badass team, and our not, we had rules for, for being friends and for glamping. And the... The number one was no complaining. So, like, I mean, it was just amazing. Um, and we wanted to do anything and everything adventure. Uh, we we went and toured Sapelo Island, and we went trout fishing. We went digging for clams. Um, we went hog hunting. We went gator hunting. Like, but we were doing that before glamping. So. We would go on a yearly trip to Jamaica or somewhere, um, and then we would always do just, we've been to, we went to Times Square and watched a ball drop before COVID. Nice. We've been to New Orleans. Um, so, like, you know, we would go do fun stuff before, but then COVID changed all of that, so we just created a new outlet. Um, you know, of course, so did everyone else. Right. With the with the R V world and um and yeah, we were we were ready. Mm -hmm. Things going well. And and, and then can anybody yeah, well, uh, can anybody find any of those videos yet? I mean, how does somebody find those your glamping videos? Are they still on YouTube? You know, honestly, I don't know. I think Gus would know more about that. <laughs> um, um I've looked they're I, they're harder to find now. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the Facebook page, I think, has changed into something else, Gate Resorts. Right. Um, Nicole has since moved on to creating uh, luxury campgrounds, RV parks. So I think she just used that fan base. And right. So you you did this for about a year. You guys had a lot of fun, went a lot of places. and Yes. So um, we decided to... that that us doing our own filming just wasn't going to cut it anymore. And especially it's not only the filming, it's putting all that shit together. And that's right. the hardest part. Oh, we know. Yeah. Is, is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I'm working, I don't necessarily want a video. And then Chris, she was so she, at that point, she didn't really want to be on camera. Uh, she, she, she was in the process of losing weight and, you know, feeling confident about herself. And so it was very limited in, in videos. And so we decided to shop around and we found these two guys that were like, yes, they saw some of our stuff and they were like, absolutely. We would love to have so did the, And so did they, did they want to turn this into like a, like a, a TV series? Is that kind of what they're, Yes, and I was this. thinking that, or they like you sell it to Netflix or something oh, like sure. that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, gotcha. and and honestly, like we had no idea. Nobody had any idea 
how it was going to go. We just knew it was going to go. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, three, three hot blondes who are just down to earth, silly. Like that's the whole point right. of it. That was their whole mm-hmm. point is get your friends who cares what anyone thinks of you. Just go have adventures, um, it. figure yeah. it out for yourself. And, and of course that makes you stronger as a, as an individual when you have that kind of support, you know, and, and we just, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, there's doers and there's donters and we were all doers. We were doers having a blast and then tragedy struck. Yeah. So Nicole and I were sitting, so we would get up every morning at five 30 and have a meeting with the three of us before our day started because it would be so crazy. And so Nicole and I are sitting at the table and we're waiting for Chris to come. And we were like, I mean, it was, it's kind of eerie now that I think about it. We were like, something's wrong. And it was. And dear at, during the night, she had had a, a heart attack and a, the aortic tear and then like two days later she actually passed away herself like you know so it was like wow on it was on a wednesday night and then about friday yeah she was gone and and that was the end of glamping adventures two weeks later and then i I decided, I mean, kind of a wake-up call, uh, you know, the three of us together, that's what we wanted. But then without the third, I was just like, I, I need a, I need a break. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to break from the world. And that's what I did. Sure. So, so what did I, you end up I, going to do then? So I put all my stuff in storage, um, and I put the word out that I would dog sit. Uh, and it became overnight. Every week I had some place to stay. Um, and I I started to, you know, I worked. I dog sat so I could have a place to live while I was trying to figure out what I'm doing. And then again, I I went back to. It's it's hard to find good help, you know, like especially in your home. And so I just got right back um with my people and just started working all the time. So I just worked all the time and I stayed with these dogs and I cried a lot and like, you know, trying to what could I've done differently or like, you know, what am I doing? Where's my life going? You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, all that good old stuff. So when did your when did your photography start? Mm, so actually, my ex husband bought me a Canon Rebel. So I've always kind of been into pictures, mm-hmm. um, taking pictures, and then um, it was kind of so Saint Croix, the restaurant owner, he let me put I I put my stuff on metal, um, my my work on metal. And I would put them on the walls and then I would sell them. So nice. that's kind of, I'm, I love nature photography. Um, people, I've done a couple of weddings, but I don't really, you know, those are pretty big and it's not really my style. Uh, I like more candid 
stuff and and just trying to figure out where I wanted to go with that with photography um so I remember years ago my friend he's like you're a, you know you're a professional photographer and I was like no way and he's like do you get paid like yes he said well then you're a professional <laughs> and I'm like oh god but you know I I didn't know anything about I didn't go to school for it so I don't know aperture and like I didn't know all of that I, I kind of still don't some, a little bit. Um, I just know what I see. And so then I started, I went to St. Thomas. Um, I did destination photography before COVID. I, I actually went to St. Thomas, Puerto Rico on a trip um, and photographed this family of four on vacation. And then this honeymoon couple, they flew in and I documented all of that. So that's what I wanted to do was the destination or, Hey, you want to let me follow you around and take your photos. Um, and now I get to just go to all these events in town and, and take photos. And which is where you became the babe around uh, town. Yes. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. A few weeks ago. So about a year of dog sitting, like my friends, my other a couple of friends were like, you need to stop hiding out get back into the world like I mean I'm early 40s I'm not even I'm not going on dates I'm not I'm not doing anything I'm just hustling well um, on, on on our uh, website we have a whole really long list of qualifications uh, for someone who wants to apply to date you so we just let you know <laughs> I that'll be that fun website, yeah. <laughs> did you make that up i just made that up but we can make that real at www.threefamousguys.com and and you know what you could do that and um it it could be like a people's choice of there you go. Who, who should i go out with oh yeah we could do that i mean right now we have you know uh, which famous guy they like best poll up there, but no, not really. <laughs> but so your photography, you're on social media, you're doing, you're on Instagram, Facebook, um, anything else? Any other no, platforms? No, I don't know how to Twitter. I don't TikTok. Okay. So you do, but you do a lot of pictures. I, I see the pictures and great photos and all the events and different things you're, you're at. So, so we need to get you a boyfriend. That's uh, no, no, no. So see, I, <laughs> I don't believe. So I, you know, it's a label, it's schematics or whatever. But the, I don't believe. I don't want a boyfriend. I want someone who just wants to enjoy life. Like I'm not, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I don't want to get married. I don't want. I mean, that may all change one day. Um, and I'm okay with that. But at this moment in my life, I, I'm good doing my own thing. Sure. I don't necessarily have to have someone. I mean, I, I would, I mean, yeah. Well, that's going to make okay. the qualifications I'm, a lot harder now. I'm hard headed and I want, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Oh, cool. So you've gone uh, from, like you've gone, we've gone from Kentucky to the babe around town and uh, you're doing good. So, and we have talked yeah. to you a little bit about helping co-host, guest co-host some of these 
podcast because uh, you you definitely can talk better than us. <laughs> so. I, I need to know, have you ever done this before? No. Now, okay. Glamping Adventures well, was on a couple of podcasts. Uh, we mm. were on a couple of podcasts together. And then I'll, I'll never forget, I was on a podcast once while I was getting my oil changed. Like we were all three someplace different. Um, and then we did a podcast and then we did another one, two more actually with all of us together. I've now, I, so I'm kind of shy and I don't like a lot of attention, like public speaking. Mm -mm. I was like this the whole time. <laughs> I didn't, I, or I looked down the whole time. I couldn't look up. I don't, I don't like a lot of unwanted attention. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, so using social media and all that, that's a, a good tool. Um, but glamping adventures with the three of us, Chris, Chris didn't like to be on camera, but by the end she was like, grab that microphone at one of our events and was like going to town. And, and so it just brings the confidence out. So this is actually my first time ever kind of doing anything by myself. Cool. So if you had, uh, or we're going to give you just a minute here, what would you have to say to, could be men or women who have struggled in life through things, uh, trauma, whatever it is, what do you have to say to people to give them hope? Just keep going, no matter what it is. Like, I, there, I, I'm not, I was, I've been called stoic, or I don't show a lot of emotions or anything. So it's allowing, feeling those emotions, but not wallowing in it, you know, just keep going. Don't give up and just figure it out. That's life is constantly evolving. And so you got to roll with it. I mean, you just got to roll with it and that's it. And not, mm -hmm. and not let uh, the things in life um, shape our future negatively. We don't want to let things in life shape our future negatively because bad things happen all the time to everybody. Right. We have, we have to keep going. So, well, with that, we're going to have to wrap her up. Uh, Ara, Ara, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I said that. Ara, I'm, I apologize. My, my high school principal did the same thing while I'm getting my <laughs> diploma. Said well, my name wrong. I can't believe it. I, I usually get it right. So anyway, but we want to thank you for being on here. Edit that out? What's that? <laughs> I, I could, edit that out? I, well, that's a lot of work. We'll see. <laughs> But we do want to thank you for being uh, with the three famous guys yeah, today. Thank you very much. So we, we hope to have you back as a guest host. Um, anything anybody wants to say before uh, we sign off? Uh, I just want to say that, you know, in the 55 minutes we've been talking, uh, I'm just amazed at how many different things you've done in your life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just gone through. And um, it's uh, just I mean, very encouraging. You don't seem like you were afraid of much because I think fear kind of holds people back. So, right. I don't, Absolutely. I don't, know if there's, I don't know if there's anything that you couldn't do if you wanted to. Well, I don't want to jump out of a plane or anything. Ooh, I did that. You should try it. Oh, no way. See, I don't, yeah. I don't have that in me to, I don't want to do that. I feel like I've already done shit that scares me. I don't really want to do that anymore. I'm, just trying to live a 
just, there's enough stuff to scare you in life. I'm not going <laughs> right. searching for, all, yep. for it on my own. Right. Not anymore. Um, but yeah. And, and I, I do have fear, but you just have to just keep going. Listen, listen to your gut and keep going. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Well, I just want to uh, say thank you again. So, and if anyone else has a story out there, feel free to go www.3famousguys.com. And that's the number three, not the word three. And uh, send us an email. Let us know if you have a story. Even if you know somebody that uh, has a story, we'd love to hear it. So we'd like to talk to you. But uh, so with that, this is the Three Famous Guys, and we're out of here. See ya. Bye. Bye.